Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right, good morning. You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. It's that song would uh, lead you to believe. So uh, take a minute, and um, if you got a chance, uh, listen in, as I think we'll have a good show today. But we'll begin as we always begin, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, we were going to talk about, um, finish up our talk on... 10 principles to um, develop the character of, of your children. Uh, but, but given that it's the beginning of Advent, um, Thaddeus, and I think it was Robin actually who, who suggested, and I think it was a good idea that we're going to go ahead and do, was how to um, use the saints that are celebrated in this Advent period um, to keep Advent Advent. Yeah. It's a challenge in this, in this day and age. I mean, Advent is... It's talked about, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a time of preparation. It's a time it's a time to prepare ourselves. It's a mini Lent mm-hmm. um, for the most part, mm-hmm. and um, and so it's something to try to get rid of some of the things that we need to get rid of that we might make space for Christ to come in a deeper, more abiding way in our lives. Um, and so we all need help with that because, um, I mean, you just look around and it's. It's already Christmas in in the eyes yep. of most. Yep, and that was that was her thinking was, uh, especially when you have younger, youngest children, uh, when you have kids still at home. Let's say, let's just leave it at that. Um, it's it, it can be easy to have it come across to them as keeping Advent means being a, that mom and dad are a Scrooge. Right. All the, all mom and dad say are, we're not putting the Christmas lights up yet. We're not wrapping presents yet. We're not doing Christmas lists yet. We're not, you know, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Right. Um, but that's not really what keeping Advent doesn't have to be that way. Right. And, and, and I, the saint, and observing the saints feast days, um, is one great way to, to do that. Right. And, and, the wait, 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 wait actually is theologically <laughs> correct for Advent. We're we're waiting yes. for the return of Christ and, and, and we're kind of going back in time sort of in, in a sense and kind of showing the waiting that the world did for the Savior to come into the world. Mm-hmm. And so so this idea of waiting and is is part of what Advent is about, preparing he's coming mm-hmm. and to prepare for that. And it, and it does take it does take a lot to kind of keep our eyes fixed on this is Advent. It's not Christmas yet, mm-hmm. and we always catch grief because and I, this is just us. But I mean, we decorate the tree um, Christmas Eve. We've done that for years now, yes. and um, you know, the, I think I've mentioned how I came to that was I I I was watching one of my favorite Christmas movies ever. Is it, it might be one of my favorite movies period, not mm-hmm. Christmas movies, is It's a Wonderful Life. 
And if you watch that movie, they're decorating the tree on Christmas Eve. That's right. And um, that's and kinda, go go back and listen to an episode of Mystery of Parenthood from I think maybe two years ago, where you and Monica Ashour basically broke down. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, it's yeah. a Wonderful Life. Oh, I totally forgot about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, but it, but but I think that it kind of points to that. We you know we've always kind of it's been Christmas and post Christmas, you know the twelve days of Christmas, which, you know, we have this song even that points to the fact that there's those 12 days of Christmas aren't from Christmas counting forward. I mean, counting backwards, you know, it's not beginning on the 13th. It's instead starting on the, on the 25th. And also the church recognizes Christmas just like it does Easter. It's such a great solemnity, such a, such a great feast that it's an eight day, it's an octave, mm-hmm. it's an eight day day. Mm-hmm. Us Catholics can hang on pretty long and hard to to important stuff. So yeah. that's a time of and celebration. that's a that could be a whole nother show of in a in a kind of a mirror image how observing the feast days that make up the season of Christmas is a great way in your family to not let Christmas end on December twenty fifth, but continue to celebrate the Christmas season. In, the 12 in, a, days, in a real way. It takes you to epiphany. Yeah, and, exactly. And so we, you know, Stephanie, just as an aside, not not to get too off the target on this, but, you know, she would always have the, you know, Jesus would be. It wouldn't in, be mystery of parenthood if we didn't get off if target. If we didn't get come off on. target, come on. It's, it's part of the mystery. But, <laughs> exactly. But, but, the, um, but she would always have, and I think it was something her parents did, but she would always have the wise men for the, for the, um, the the in scene of the incarnation the what what do you put it <laughs> I'm losing my mind where you have the the wise man and the the nativity scene nativity, the major the, the major, crash the, the nativity scene um, that's there that she would have the the wise men moving instead of you know elf on a shelf you know have the right. wise men moving right. throughout the the house they would move around until they got there which would be on Epiphany right. So um, anyway, there's lots of cool things you can do to kind of point to that. We we always catch grief because our Christmas tree's up at least until Epiphany, um, sometimes all the way till the baptism of John, <laughs> February second, I think. So mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to find a tree that you can keep alive that long, but mm-hmm. pragmatically. But anyway. so we're we're coming to you on. You're listening to this on Tuesday, November thirtieth, and. The first saint that we're going to cover is his feast day is actually today, and that's St. Andrew, St. Andrew the Apostle. Uh, St. Andrew's Day is a big feast day in my house because one of our children is named after St. Andrew. So this is this is not only a, you know, an important feast day because it's a feast day of one of the apostles, but it's a name day of one of our children. And we always celebrate um, name days in our family with, uh, you know, the Maybe the, the child gets to pick their special meal that they want to have, or maybe if there's a particular dessert that they want to have, they get to have that. And that that, that happens in our family, even if it's Lent, you know. Um, I, I'll, I'm going to let you cause talk about the, the novena, but I just get a little background on Andrew for, yeah, for yeah, y'all, for sure, which for I sure. think is really cool. If you go back and listen, so he was a follower of, of John the Baptist. If you read in John, you can read it, and the and it, there's a lot you can teach from this because, yes. as a parent, you can, because he's with John the Baptist, and John the you know says you know there's the Lamb of God, and then he goes and um they they start following Jesus, but but the first thing he does is he goes to his brother Peter mm-hmm. and. And says, hey, we found the Messiah. I'll quote him. You know, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. I'm reading from it. So he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew says to his brother, come to Jesus, which literally it can be used in a figurative sense. I mean, we're all called as brothers um, and certainly our own brothers to try to bring your your brothers to that. The other interesting thing is talking about humility. I mean, Andrew brings Peter and Really, right after Andrew brings Peter in, in John is where you hear what you hear in Matthew 16. He says, so, you know, he immediately looks at Peter and he says, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Kepha or Cephas or whatever you want, uh, 
which means Peter. So he's already changed his name at that point, and he becomes the leader of the apostles. And so you could have a jealousy kind of arise at some point. Hey, I brought you to him. You know, why, 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 why am I not the guy? Right, right. And, and I think that that's a good point to raise, that when you bring it to Jesus, all of us are, have different callings. All of us have different gifts. And, and the Lord's the one that's meant to recognize those and to bring them out in us. And sometimes our primary gift is to bring somebody who, in their conversion, in their change, becomes a great leader. And you're not diminished by that. So Andrew's always one. So, you know, um, I think that's good as a parent to talk about, hey, you know, you're meant to bring them, but sometimes you have to, even under the guidance of the Lord, you know, sometimes put yourself below your brother, mm-hmm. even if you came before your brother. So Right on. Well, Christ teaches elsewhere, you know, take in the, in the parable, uh, take the lowest place at the, at the wedding feast. Right. And so Andrew's a great example of a good brother. Um of a great brother um, to Peter, uh, if if he had not or had decided not to share and just say, well, you know, Peter can find him himself, but he goes and right away. To presumably, him. tradition would suggest that probably Andrew was the younger brother of Peter, right? Because yeah, Peter's depicted probably. usually as an older man with gray hair. And so both- probably here's here's a younger brother setting the example and and kind of setting the the path. For the older sibling. Right. And they both were fishermen. And there's also the scene where Peter and Andrew and James and John mm-hmm. are called from their mm-hmm. boats working with their with their father, it looks it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then and then both leaving to follow him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Now the tradition also is usually in the iconography of St. Andrew, he's usually depicted with an X behind him. A, a X-shaped cross that he was crucified on an X-shaped cross. They think he traveled to Greece to spread the gospel. So something that we're going to do tomorrow is my, my, my son, Andrew and I, we like, we love to play tic-tac-toe. Okay. So tomorrow we're going to, we're going to bake some, we have some X-shaped Oh, wow. cookie uh, cutters and we have some O-shaped cookie cutters and so we're going to we're going to bake up a bunch of X's, X's and O cookies and oh, decorate nice. them and then we'll play some tic-tac-toe with those cookies and we'll also eat them up. All right. And that's how we'll that's kind of a little fun thing that we'll do about St. Andrew's Day and we'll we'll talk about um, the fact that you know we'll tell we'll tell his story, we'll retell his story and I think you just gave us something else great to weave into the discussion on St. Andrew. Um, and, and so right there, you're, you're, you're pausing and um, putting an emphasis on here's a great saint, here's a great saint who uh, paved the way for someone else to come along and know Christ. And that's what we're trying to use Advent to do. We're trying to use right. Advent as a time of preparation and a, and a setting of a path to knowing Christ better. Right. And then we'll, we'll start at the um, family prayers on November 30th. We'll start the St. Andrew Novena. And it's very short, and I can recite it yeah, uh, just briefly here once I get it pulled up. And so you you say this 15 times each day from November 30th until Christmas Eve. And you and you try to have a pretty weighty intention. Um, it could be something that your family needs help with or or maybe you know others who are in need of healing or they need maybe financial assistance whatever it might be. Um, but you pray this prayer 15 times each day. And it goes like this. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in piercing cold. In that hour vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed mother. Amen. Amen.
So it's, it's a prayer that in the course of saying it 15 times a day for all those weeks, you can memorize. <laughs> Believe me, you can memorize it. But every year I have to relearn it right. around this time. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. That's awesome. Well, a couple of things that are important about that prayer. Um, there's nothing wrong with memorizing or anything, but there's so, so much beautiful. Number one, we as Catholics take the incarnation seriously. So, it, you know, when we say, when we, when we do the creed at mass, you know, we, at the incarnation, you know, by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was made incarnate by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't forget the word. <laughs> I forget the words exactly in that, in that prayer. I'm oh, Thaddeus is clicking away there. He'll, he'll get it. But, but the bottom line is we bow at that at mass. Right. And, and the reason we bow at that is that the God condescended. He came down and became one of us in order to save us uh, in a, into a poor family, into a family that would be refugees, into a family that would be, Carpenters, people that work with their hands, um, and that that was to me- reveal something to us about not only his love, but what work means for us. And and so the incarnation is meant to be taken seriously. And the other thing is that it's very important. We're, we're saying a prayer asking for the intercession of St. Andrew or in honor of him, but over and over there through the merits of Jesus Christ. It's what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross and, and mm-hmm. through his passion, death, and resurrection that saves us. And so at the same time that, you know, we'll often get questioned or challenged by some of our our Christian brothers and sisters on on devotion to the saints, but it never detracts. It always ends up pointing back to Jesus as our Savior, and it, it's what he gained for us on the cross. And I think that's an important point to to make as well. But it's made in the prayer itself. Mm-hmm. I, I like to, um, every year I have to go back and look up the exact meaning of vouchsafe. Yeah, what does that say again? It specifically means a person of higher rank um, deigning to grant or uh, condescending to grant a favor to someone of lesser rank. So in a, in the older feudal um, social structure, you know, you would, you would appeal to the Lord right. of the manor to, to vouchsafe a, a favor for you as one of his subjects. Right. And you're kind of, you're kind of asking him to do something that he doesn't have to do out of his um, obligation to you. Because you know each each side had obligations and uh, right. rights under in that relationship. So they're like so. For example, the Lord he was obliged to provide protection to you as one of his subjects. But there's a whole host of other things that he doesn't not much to do. Right. But you're you're asking him to kind of go beyond or go above and beyond what he really has to do um, to, to help you to assist you. Right. So you're asking a favor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of somebody who doesn't have to grant it. Right. But we recognize that they're capable of granting at least that. And so... And in the very grand scheme of things, God didn't have to save us from our sins by sending his son to... He could have done any number Earth. of things. But, which is exactly why the incarnation is so important. He chose to do it that exactly. way to reveal to us... exactly the high calling that we as human beings right. have that, that he, that it's not something to get rid of. It's something to perfect. And that it is, as gr- it is first off what he accomplished on the cross in his humanity as God that, that is able to reconcile us to God and allow us to go to heaven mm-hmm. and that he's willing to go through the great torture, pain and death on the cross in order for us to be with him together in heaven mm-hmm. and any, any other, but it's part of God's revelation about who we are mm-hmm. as humans. That's right. So that's right. And usually I'm, I'm sure we'll at some point this year, because we're expecting another child and my wife is with child right now, I'm sure we'll have at least one, one or two moments in the course of praying this prayer, this Advent where she will, um, I don't want to say lecture, but she'll 
teach. She'll she'll teach the kids about how at midnight in Bethlehem, in piercing cold, the blessed mother giving birth to that child. Right. Um, I can tell you, kids, I wouldn't want to be giving birth to any of you at midnight in Bethlehem and what we know about the circumstances in piercing cold, how how difficult, how uncomfortable um, that would have been for the Blessed Mother, but yet she she did it. She she kept her promise that mm-hmm. she made to God at the Annunciation, and because of her promise and because of her sacrifice, we have our salvation. Right. Yes, because she's the mother of our salvation. <laughs> right. So right. So that's Saint Andrew, right? November thirtieth. November thirtieth. And I, thank you so much for bringing up the piece from the Gospel of John. So that's in yeah. the first chapter of God, of the Gospel of John? Uh, yes, it's the first chapter, uh, 30, about 37 and following. There are some other really cool things. I, the, uh, the, he repeats, it's not, it's not, but the people, cause basically what he does, there's a couple of lines in there where he, well, it's come and see. Jesus says, come and see, like oh. that's where are you, where are you staying? And he says, come and see. Right. But then later, um, Philip, um, just just after that, is talk. It, somebody's talking to Philip and saying, and that's where Philip says, is, is anything capable of good coming out of Nazareth? <laughs> and, you know, some smack you know, talking some amongst smack the talk, uh, like be, apostles. Like here it'd be like, is anything good capable of coming out of Austin? Right. <laughs> or, or whatever. Um, right. And and basically the response is, we'll come and see. And so I think that's part of our, that's part of, it points us to what we're really asked to do is to invite people to come and see. Now, interestingly, just as a, as a side note, as we wrap up St. Andrew, tomorrow in this year, the reading for the gospel tomorrow is from Matthew chapter four, where Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. Right. He sees Simon and Andrew, and he says to them, come after me and I'll make you fishers of men. Right. And then they do. Yes. And then they grab James and John. Right. And they all walk away and immediately, and most of those, <laughs> immediately to follow him. Mm-hmm. So, And immediately they left their boat and their father yes. and followed him. And I imagine that probably at least in one of the cycles, the, Reading from the gospel from John is probably used for St. Andrew's feast right. day, I would imagine. Right. So... But uh, yeah, so that's St. Andrew the Apostle. St. Andrew, pray for us. And we're going to move on to now December 6th. Everybody's got to know what what feast day this is. Come on, seriously. Yeah, have to. St. Nicholas's Day. St. Nicholas, right. Now you want to talk about keeping keeping little kids, especially um, keeping them engaged and helping them uh, not, not just lose their marbles that it's not Christmas yet. St. Nicholas is sort of a great uh, halftime or breathing space to observe because the tradition is that St. Nicholas was a bishop, the bishop of of Smyrna in Asia Minor, present-day Turkey, and there are many stories about him, but but tradition says that he was a very generous bishop and would, would go around and give gifts and uh, give... Uh, money, food, clothing to the people under his care and look after them. And there's especially a story of three daughters right. of, a, of a man who were going to be sold into lives of ill repute. Right. And St. Nicholas, Bishop Nicholas, heard of this and he dropped bags of gold through the window to kind of save them from this from this terrible yeah, fate. Provide like a dowry or something. Yeah, that yeah. And so that's kind of where the idea of St. Nicholas putting, putting stuff in the shoes comes from, and then Santa Claus and, and all of that comes out of that. Now, the other day I was listening to a podcast, and, and is a secular podcast, but the two, the two dads were going back and forth about, so, you know, you, your child, your kids are this age and mine are this age. I mean, do they know that Santa Claus isn't real and everything like that? And I was listening to that and I was thinking, you know, 
it's great as Catholics that we're not faced with that impossible choice. Right. Because what we get, to, we get to tell our kids the truth, which is Santa Claus, as the guy on the on the Coca Cola commercial, right. you know, he's he does not exist. But the reason we have that imagery is because of this guy who really did exist. Well, Saint Santa Nicholas. would mean holy. Right. And Claus is pointing to Nicholas. Exactly. So it, um, it's, again, teaching your kids that. I mean, we've done, we, we've went to great lengths, particularly as they got older. Um, and I've, I, again, there's just not a right or wrong. I know people who, I know people who won't ever even address Santa Claus as being real. And, and that's, that's fine. I mean, in terms of how they handle, how they handle Christmas. What we did is I went to great lengths to talk about this is this is the one. There's a great cartoon that was is done by a Christ, by a Catholic company that is on. I think it's called the Real Santa Claus. I'd have to go find it, but it but it actually points to that the kids always loved it, and um, and we would watch it usually on that on that feast day. The other thing is, is our kids today, I mean, yesterday, because they're not going to be here on the 6th, they'll be in school, received their St. Nicholas gift. They all received mm-hmm. some sort of spiritual gift. They received chocolate, usually in the form of, of gold, gold coins, coins, sure. you know, to, to kind of go with the with the story of, of him. And then we would always, when they got older, would say, St. Nicholas was great because he he had a devotion to baby Jesus, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And it was because of his devotion to baby Jesus that he was so generous because of the generosity of God was so great in sending his own only begotten son that he did that. And so that what, what Santa Claus from a Catholic represents him and that the gift giving is meant to be carried on because St. Nicholas is in heaven Right, and so it. it That's it, the other point I wanted to make. Was it okay? I didn't mean to steal. No, no. Go ahead. Keep keep going. Well, you can add to this, but but the idea was is is to say this is what Christianity means. We're meant to carry on in the real world, concretely, that sense of generosity, that sense of giving. Mm-hmm. And so, if we as parents say it's Santa Claus giving it, pointing to Saint Nicholas, and it's actually us giving the gift. It's really just a representation of what it means to be Christian. We're meant to carry on that generosity mm-hmm. um, for our children. So we went to great lengths to say that. I've heard people that have—our kids were never—and my mom and dad were really good about about talking us through this understanding, a proper understanding of, yeah, you know, S- Santa Claus— the Coca-Cola guy, you know, the one that shows up on commercials today, is not um, a real person, but but he's meant to represent, and it properly understood, does represent St. Nicholas and the generosity they have with respect to the great gift that Jesus is to us and the generosity that should flow to those who are in need as a result of that. Yeah, exactly. So, and so... And just to build off of that, you know, making the point that this saint who was a bishop and who was generous and took care of others, he's still alive. He's alive today in heaven today. He's interceding for us. We can ask for his prayers. We can ask him to help us imitate him and act like him. And then your point about, I think, which is neat, the point about, uh, giving gifts and saying it's from Santa Claus, but we're actually the one that's doing the giving and the. Um, we let it be a surprise until it got to a point where. But that's that's an that's a good connection to. It's a reflection of the communion of saints. Just how we ask for the intercessions of the saints, or we ask for the intercessions of others, and we and we're asking them to carry our prayers to the throne of God rather than us doing it, you know, directly. There's a. There's a reflection there in that it's not it's not Saint Nicholas directly who's giving the gift to the person. We're being the intercessors of that of right. that giving of the gift. It's it's a it's and a it's similar in honor, idea. It's in honor of of baby Jesus and in, right. in honor of what he which they which they show which they show. I'm sorry, I should. Come on, Trey. How many shows have we done? I, I'm so bad about this, but My anyway. I don't even know how to turn this off. It's a new. It's a new. Um, I see that you got a, new, a new phone. 
Which I guess you know Trey. He's Christmas. Not, I guess they don't have to keep. <laughs> they have to keep Advent. He's already got a Christmas present. Uh, but but anyway. Um, but I but I think that that's a, that's a way to handle that without without pointing to that. If if you don't like, I said mm-hmm. I'm not saying right or wrong. Um, you know, we've never made the Easter Bunny <laughs> something real. Uh, no. We jokingly will talk about the Easter Bunny bringing gifts or whatever, but but they know that that's not real. When we talk about Santa Claus, we're saying we need to understand it properly. And so everything we did, for example, we've done where our kids get three gifts that from us. That's it. That's it. And one is spiritual, and one is a need, and one is a I I would like to receive this and. Mm. And so that we went down to to those three. We said, well, if, if three gifts were good for Jesus, probably good for us too. What do y'all? What what have been some of the spiritual gifts that have been asked for in the past? So I mean, so people as they've, got, as they've gotten older, you know, it may be. I mean, so this this is older kids. Um, you know, Magnificat was was something that the two two of the olders wanted to have. This year, they've been getting the Magnificat. So Stephanie bought, um, and that's what they received yesterday. Um, for their their Saint Nicholas gift early what is a is a leather cover that you can put the Magnificat with their initials on it. Wow! Um, wow! That's nice. Other ones, other ones. We knew that Kennedy was reading the Screw Tape letters, and so we went to the Swaffords, and of course, uh, Doctor Swafford has written a book about a Catholic interpretation of the Screw Tape letters, and so he, since we knew that, we got that for him. Younger, it could be. Um, I know one was the, was that video that I was talking about when they were younger that mm-hmm. was about St. Nicholas that they mm-hmm. gave and we could watch. Uh, that's back in the VCR days. but <laughs> hey, You don't have to date yourself. Yeah, you, could have, you could have left it's that It's not off. hard. Not hard to do off. that. But th- there's that. It could be a rosary. It could be okay. It could be anything along those lines appropriate to the child. You know, It could Wonderful. be a cartoon book, of, I mean, of a, of a saint or saints. It could be a nice saint book, maybe their saint or maybe about St. Nicholas. If there is one like that, that's written for maybe a mm-hmm. seven or eight year old, as opposed mm-hmm. to, a, uh, but, but be thoughtful about it. I think something that we started doing um, a couple years ago is on St. Nicholas day is when um, we give the, we give the children a gift on that day. But that's also when we do the drawing in our own family of the, the Chris Kindle, right. of, of who's going to, which secret it's the secular version is the secret Santa. So who you're going to have in the family that you're going to pray for every day, you're going to do good deed for the good deeds for them during the Advent season secretly without recognition. And then you're going to have a gift for them to open on Christmas. Exactly. And that would be a, that would be an additional gift, but with regard to as parents providing that that's we're ours are three, but there'd always would be the, Chris Kringle or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, but the, I think that's great because then you get, okay, you're praying for this person. You're, you're going to do anonymous good deeds for them. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to um, provide a gift. Um, they don't know who it is. And it does provide some, you know, I mean, we get phone calls. Like, what do you think would be a good gift for, you know, now we're at that age, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and we always used to make it small enough to where it wasn't, you know, yeah, it's just, it's supposed know. to be. I think in our family, it's twenty dollars or or less. Or yeah, something like that's that. kind of what we did. So we set parameters, so it's not yep. you know that. But anyway, those are all good things. They all point to Saint Nicholas, even throughout throughout that time. And then beyond beyond that, it it kind of solidifies again the need to be generous without seeking some sort of appreciation for it to give mm-hmm. ourselves away freely without. For the sake of the other, mm-hmm. without without, hey, I'm getting something back. Mm-hmm. So, um, two last things with with Saint Nicholas. Um, one, there is a a prayer to Saint Nicholas of I said Smyrna. That's that's wrong. He was the he was the bishop of Myra in um, Asia Minor. But here is how the prayer to Saint Nicholas goes. So this is the fir- the first thing. Uh, oh, good Saint Nicholas, you who are the joy of the children. Put in my heart the spirit of childhood, which the gospel speaks, and teach me to seed happiness around me. You, whose feast prepares us for Christmas, open my faith to the mystery of God made man. You, good bishop and shepherd, help me to find my place in the church 
and inspire the church to be faithful to the gospel. O good St. Nicholas, patron of all children, sailors and the helpless, watch over those who pray to Jesus, your Lord, and theirs, as well as over those who humble themselves before you. Bring us all in reverence to the holy child of Bethlehem, when true joy and peace are found. Amen. Amen. And the second thing is, so you can you can pray that during family prayers on December 6th. And then the last thing I wanted to mention about St. Nicholas is you need to go find out why he also is this, the patron saint of boxers. And you could have a... <sighs> Boxing tournament in your family. Oh wow! If you wanted to on Saint Nicholas, that's a good day. one to figure out to, because that speaks also to the incarnation as well. Yes, it does. So, it so, does. so we're going to uh, leave that as a little teaser for you. Right. God became man, and and God, without losing his divinity, hundred percent God, hundred percent man. Exactly. So just a little tidbit of theology there. So yes. Anyway, all uh, right. So the very next day, the very next day, December seventh. On a on a secular note, put your flag out on December seventh. It's Pearl Harbor Day. Oh yeah! Remember the attack on Pearl Harbor, December seventh, nineteen forty one. Pray for the souls who lost their lives that day and during World War II on all sides. And it's also the feast day of Saint Ambrose. Uh, Saint Ambrose has a played a really important part in the life of another great saint, St. Augustine. And it was St. Ambrose who, I think, told St. Monica, St. Augustine's mom, when she had been... Praying. uh, I think this was when she had been working on Augustine and trying to teach him and and hound him about coming back to his Catholic faith. And it was St. Ambrose who said... Now it is time for you to talk less to Saint August to it's time for you to talk less to Augustine about God and more to God about Augustine. And that is what began her twenty one years of of intense prayer for Augustine's con- conversion, or it maybe allowed her to persevere um, in that. It says in the piece I'm reading about Saint Ambrose, notes that uh, a legend has it that a swarm of bees surrounded his face as he lay in his crib. None of the bees stung Ambrose, but a drop of honey was left on the infant's cheek as they buzzed away. Because of this incident, his father always said that his son had a good disposition and a honeyed tongue. So obviously Uh here is a great opening for all kinds of food and dessert that you can enjoy on December 7th that has to do with honey. Oh, wow. You know? I did not know that. So, so step into that. Um, my Italian tradition has these honey cookies that you would make. They were usually made around um, for Easter time, but they're these kind of knots of dough that you then roll in honey and then you put powdered sugar over them. So sometimes uh, we repurpose those for St. Andrews, sorry, St. Ambrose's, St. Ambrose's day. That's Kennedy's feast day. His middle name is Ambrose. Okay. Awesome. Ambrose. Yeah. Okay. So, um, again, it kind of points to a great saint. Um, and I guess he's a doctor of the church too, I think. Yes, he is. Um, yes, he is. But leading to, and being a part of uh, the conversion to one of the greatest doctors ever in terms of his prolific writing and mm-hmm. discussion of grace and nature and and so many things. Um, Augustine was so fruitful, and it's because of the prayers of a mother and 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 then the work and prayers of somebody who helped guide him um, to the faith. But again, relying on God for that conversion. So St. Ambrose is a good one to go to. In addition to St. Monica, Augustine's um, mother, and to St. Augustine for the conversion of someone who's maybe fallen away from the church or something like that. So, Yeah. um, I think that's a great idea to remember in your prayers, especially those in your family and in your circle that day, uh, those who have wandered uh, from the practice of their faith and, and commit extra 
prayers that day. Maybe that's the day when you're when you're praying your um, your Saint Andrew Novena on Saint Ambrose's feast day, especially dedicated to those those folks. Right, yeah. that's a great idea. And there's also a penitential prayer to Saint Ambrose of Milan that I'm looking at here in front of me, and it goes like this. O Lord, who hast mercy upon all, take away from me my sins and mercifully kindle in me the fire of the Holy Spirit. Take away from me the heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh, a heart to love and adore thee, a heart delight in thee, to follow and enjoy thee for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. So St. Ambrose, pray for us. Pray for us, yes. Now that brings us to the very next day so that the next week uh, that you're, the week after you're going to be listening to the show is just chock full of saints because December 8th is a holy day of obligation. It's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Trey? Well, so important to remember, you know, a lot of people don't realize this is speaking of what we believe about Mary. Right. That she was immaculately conceived. She was conceived without sin. Right. This is not the conception of our Lord. Right. A lot of people... That's make, the Annunciation. Yeah. Make make that mistake. So it's it's a great day to focus on... Um, the great gift that was given to Mary through the merits of her son applied previous to the actual event occurring, but that's what God can do in order to preserve her from her conception. And, you know, there there was talk at some point that was clarified not too long after that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe clarified for sure centuries later mm-hmm. that that she was conceived without sin, not that she was not just born not, without not born sin, without sin. Um, which again speaks to our understanding of when life begins, mm-hmm. our understanding of their, of a, of a human being being there at that point. Also, it's important, I think on that to, to point to the fact that whatever her, her being immaculate is the result of what her son accomplished for her. It's not something that she, did by herself. It was something that was offered to her. That's right. Um, to accept after the fact that it had been granted to her to say yes to. And so very important to do that. Obviously, um, St. Bernadette mm-hmm. was 1854. in 1854, you know, was a little girl who she, and after time, the bishop or the priest or whoever to ask her who she mm-hmm. is. And she mm-hmm. said, I am the Immaculate Conception. That's right. It had just been defined and it's not, there was no internet or anything like that. And she was a poor, not super educated girl. And when she said, I am the Immaculate Conception, it about dropped the jaw of the bishop who said, right. so that's a great day to look look up. There's movies about Bernadette. There's a fine movie from the golden age of cinema. I think it's called Bernadette of Lourdes. Yeah, of Lourdes. Yeah, I think so. Yes, it would be Lourdes. And I... And the healing that's happening there, and the and the, um, yeah, there, uh, there's that. There's I think there's even one of those cartoons from the same. It's like CCC that, yes. that puts it together. Mm-hmm. We have that about about that same one that does the same. They're Nicholas pretty good. One. They they're, are they're, they're actually they are really good. They're good, particularly for younger kids. Um, but but anyway, it, it kind of shows the theology and the storytelling is solid, and the animation is, it's you know yeah. It's okay. from, from it's it's dated. It's dated. Yeah, it would, you know. So, but anyway, those are they're still good ones. The kids still to this day mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like to see it. And there mm-hmm. there is a movie I know about Bernadette as mm-hmm. well and what what mm-hmm. she went through. And again, that's going to be an older movie, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so again, so <clears throat> go to mass as a family this day, on December eighth, and um, I think something that we've done in our family for the last few years is have if at least a cake with white frosting, all white frosting oh, for wow. dessert. Oh, that's great. And maybe even do all white food. Right. So chicken Alfredo, for oh, example. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Ooh, awesome. Maybe it would be a suggestion. That's great. Awesome. Or potato soup. You could, it's pretty white. Yeah. Chicken white. Alfredo, my kids probably go for more. Than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like chicken Alfredo, right? Right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. And then let's, since we're, we're talking about a Marian feast, let's skip... Um, let's skip a couple days ahead to Our Lady of Loretto on December 10th. 
Um, we'll let we only have seven minutes left. We'll we'll encourage you to go look up about the feast of Our Lady of Loretto, but it has to do with Mary's house in oh, Jerusalem. Wow. And so a great thing to do and that fits in with, with it being Christmas time, you know, maybe maybe build your gingerbread house on that day. Oh, excellent. On the Feast of Our Lady of Loretta or that weekend because it's falling on a Friday this year. Uh, and then on December 12th, which is actually a Sunday this year, so technically liturgically on the calendar, the feast is suppressed, but that's our Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And on December 9th is the Feast of St. Juan Diego. So those are sort of... I mean, that's a tied great, together. Yeah, it's a great. I mean, the, the miraculous. Um, what's it called? The, the tilma. The tilma. The tilma. Tilma that 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 Mary show Mary mm-hmm. shows up on mm-hmm. on the tilma um, as he thinks the miracle. Saint Juan Diego Felix thinks the miracle is there are roses amidst the snow, and yeah. so he's thinking I'm going to go show the bishop. Hey. He's gonna be really impressed with these roses, roses that this that lady had to carry. Picked and and yeah. thinks that's it. Drops the roses in front of him, and there on the tilma is right. is is the picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Now, I will say, I think this is a great feast day for your your children who are interested in science, especially because there's a marvelous documentary. I think you can watch it on Formed that goes into all of the scientifically unexplainable marvels about the tilma. Right. So, so there, it, that tilma has an image of what he saw. And, and there are so many things in there. I've yeah, heard. It, it, it's so like in the eyes, you can actually see in the eyes, in her eyes, you can actually see the reflection, Juan, the reflection of, of Juan Diego, who she's looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of the other, and of Bishop um, Zara, Zaramago and his retinue that are in the room that she's looking at. Right, and and I think even just the understanding what what's represented there that she's a she's a because of what she's wearing they can tell she's a she's a pregnant yeah what an intricately pre- symbolic piece of iconography right, and it she's is. pregnant at that time I mean that's and then how how perfectly it uses the native symbology as well as right symbology that would be recognizable to Europeans so it's this perfect blending together of the European and the native cultures right and so definitely a gift from god and and something i'd love to see one day um conversions among the 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 aztec peoples and their former subject peoples was kind of crawling along before our lady of guadalupe and then after that image is shown and evangelized about around mexico it just goes through the roof. I think 10 million yeah, millions, conversions. Millions of conversions. So a, again, that's how you a very short span of time. When God acts, something happens. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Juan Diego on the 9th and the 12th. And then we have about four minutes, St. Lucy's Day, December 13th. What do you what do you love about St. Lucy's Day? She's uh, the, the eyes. Yes. Uh, I just can always remember... <laughs> that was a that was a uh, that was a that Catholic statue. Well, no, the cat. Well, there is a statue where she's holding her eyes because her eyes plate. Were, were plucked from her as part of right. uh, punishment. And um, but we, that was a great uh, Catholic uh, Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> walking around, we had lychee nuts and we put we made them look like a, like perfect like eyes. That's awesome. So uh, that's what I remember about her. But she's a she's great for young ladies for sure. Yeah, indeed. Um, it's a great opportunity to talk about the role of virgins in our faith and right. what that means and uh, purity. Uh, you can tie that back into the Blessed Mother um, as we're preparing for Christmas. Um, yeah, St. Lucy's Day, there's a, there's a special um, Italian bread called St. Lucy's Bread. It's made with saffron. Um, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting tasting it. bread. Uh, it's not necessarily sweet, but it but it's not like a dinner roll either. But um, oh, cool! And and it's uh, something I'm looking at here says many of of these recipes for St. Lucy's bread call for a raisin or two to be added to the center of of each uh, twist in the roll to make it look like eyeballs. <laughs> 
who says it? We, we are curious. We, we, we love that. Matter, kind of stuff. That's matter awesome. matters. That's awesome. Matter does matter. And then finally, I think we can, a great place to end. Um, I don't know how much you want to speak into this, uh, Trey, but on the next day, December 14th is St. John of the Cross, and it has a special uh, Yeah, no, that's the you. day my, my mother died, and it was a day that I prayed, and there was a great, you know, um, moment where the cross was made evident in my, in my, um, in my mother's dying and, um, her cross was her getting on her deathbed, uh, which she had refused to get on for, for, for all time. I mean, for months until that day. And, and, um, anyway, bottom line is, um, he's a great, another doctor of the church, you know, so you've got quite a few doctors of the church during this time. Mm-hmm. Not easy to read, but certainly um, great theology on um, on suffering and on on con- on conversion. Um, uh, the Fire Within by Thomas Dubay for adults is an outstanding book that, that talks about both her, both him and um, so, Teresa of Avila. Okay. Um, Fire Within. So. Okay. Beautiful. Well, thank you for... Uh, letting us go through these these saints of Advent. Now, when you get to, I will mention that when you get to Friday the 17th, then that's the start of the O Antiphons, the, the Golden Knights. And we, I know we have done a program on Red Sea Roundup about the Golden Knights, and we, we play the prayers and the psalms that go along with each of those days from the 17th to the 23rd for the, the O Antiphons, those seven titles of our Lord from, or of the Messiah from the Old Testament. And there's <clears throat> suggestions at the end of each of those for how you can celebrate those O Antiphons. So check that yeah. out and be and stay, keep and, listening. And as is usual, we're running way out of time. So um, y'all just have a great Advent. We will be praying for you, pray for us. And remember, always pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Because he will. God bless. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Bye.